The following program was recorded live on the Joel Natale Show, Monday, March 4th, 2019, at talkerie.com, 103.3 FM, 105.9 FM, and 1530 AM. We're glad to have with us Phil Kerner again. He is the tool and die guy. Excellent job with uh, the name. I have to I have to like work on that no, over you, and over you got again. Got it. Just don't try to say it too many times. <laughs> exactly. And and Phil, we're we're talking about Erie history, mm-hmm. Erie present and Erie's future mm-hmm. as a manufacturing entity. And um, of course, uh, uh, what a, what an amazing uh, hour with uh, Dr. Judy Lynch. Well, a couple things. Um, yeah, go. I have to say, uh, you know, I was on about a month ago, and yep. then Heidi was on uh, last week, mm-hmm. and now I'm on here today. So this is all part of our plan to take over. <laughs> okay, is Talk it? Eerie. It is, it's, it's a bloodless coup. And, and, when, and, and when we take over, though, I will say we won't carry you out in your chair and put you in the parking lot. So that, <laughs> there's that. On the other hand, I will say. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on after yeah. the Human Encyclopedia. I mean, Johnny Carson, Ed McMahon would never do that <laughs> to Johnny Carson. That's that, exactly that was, right. There was a lot of information there. She could have gone probably for three hours easily. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we we blew through whole decades mm-hmm. here. Um, and, um, it, you know, it's what's what's really interesting is, is the I, – I have such um, – uh, I admire so much our forefathers mm-hmm. in in the ability to take on risk. You think about an auto baron. You think about the Ernst Baron, you know, and their ability to take a, a technique that they learned in Germany and bring it here, you know, where there was a, a land of, uh, of wood and to build, uh, you know, the best papers in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. Hammer Mill... At one point, was best in class. It was, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, um, and it just it just. But there has to be will. There has to be uh, grit and determination to do that. And you experience that in you know in uh, in the tool and die business mm-hmm. because again, you get one wrong. I mean, you you've blown thousands of dollars worth of work if a mold goes bad on you or if it just doesn't come together. There's just there's just tenacity and grit that comes through this. It, it, um, not everybody has that, Phil. Well, here's the deal with manufacturing. You know, anybody goes out there tomorrow and starts a business, whether it's a, a radio station uh, or um, you know, donut shop, whatever. There's capital investment. Sure. Now you're going to go into manufacturing, mm. and let's, now we're going to put that uh, you know on steroids. And now you take a plant like GE or Hammer Mill or Steris, and, and, and now we're looking at, you know, especially if you're going to build trains, you've eliminated 98% of your competition right off the bat, right, right? because of the capital investment. Um, you know, the only person that, that the company I thought that could compete with General Electric several years ago when they were trying to come out with the uh, Tier 4 engine was Caterpillar. Because Caterpillar could make big stuff, right? Right, yeah. And, and those are like the only two players, right? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. think about these GE locomotives being shipped all over the world. How expensive is it to move trains across, you know, on a freighter? And they do it, right? And, and what, what people don't remember oftentimes is that GE was the number two. They they went after General Motors and became the number mm-hmm. one, and just left GM in its in its mm-hmm. dust. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, it was a competitive situation of of which who whose locomotives would be the you know, the nameplate of American railroads. You and, know. and they certainly did fill that bill for many years. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what the development's yeah. over there now. I'm uh, hopeful for a, a good outcome. You yeah. know? Everybody everybody wants to, you know, give each side uh, their honor and due. And, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. You know, you've got a hundred-year-old company over there, over a hundred years old, and now you've got the, the new the new stepfather in the mm -hmm. house. Yeah, and uh, there's gonna be some pain on both ends of that deal, I'm afraid. And uh, but that's a compromise, right? Let, let's roll back then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, plastics was was became famous. What with the graduate? I have one word for you: plastics. Uh, I mean, yep. uh, mm -hmm. but uh, this whole concept of of tool making. How old is that? Well, let's think about this. Um, I know we're on the radio, but I did bring a few uh, good some pieces, notes. Some notes yeah, here. Absolutely. So too. I finally, it's an amazing uh, mm -hmm. historian I am. I finally jumped on ancestry dot com. Okay, and I'm a cheapskate, so I took the. Uh, 14 day free trial first right <laughs> so I, I was able to look up and i already always knew this but it was really beautiful to see this in print um this is the uh, 14th census of the united states population 1920 okay so there's the kerner family right there it's highlighted yeah but if you read the yellow line that's edward kerner that was my grandfather read all the way over to here mm -hmm. and uh what's it say he did can you see that uh oh yeah toolmaker toolmaker 1920 all right, wow, he was 31 yeah. years wow. old. Wow. Now he would go on. To, uh, they had a little house on Cochrane Street, uh, down uh, down by the Erie Cemetery, and he had three sons. His uh, oldest son was Ronald. Uh, the next one was Edward, and the youngest one was uh, Fred. Okay. Fritz. 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 Fritz was my father. Fritz was your dad. Okay. Well, my uncle Ronald started R.M. Kerner Company. Now he was much more into the machining end, and then Edward would start the Kerner Tool and Die Company. All right, and then my father, when he came out of World War II, he was a general manager at the Kerner Tool and Die Company. But all three of those boys learned the trade in the basement of that house on Cochrane oh, Street. Wow. Yeah, yeah, my granddad had some machines down there, and they all excelled at it. You know, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, the you know, RM uh, Kerner Company still in business. I mean, when I apprenticed there, I didn't apprentice, but I worked there at a co-op in high school. Uh -huh. They had six hundred people there back then. Oh my gosh! Yes, and so big... I mean. It, it, if you, you talk about the 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 tool making tools mm -hmm. in your in your granddad's basement um what, what are we talking about bench uh, uh, a drill press what what is the essentials well, the, the basics back then uh the the term uh tool maker and pattern maker were kind of interchanged okay and um you know molds and dyes uh anything you're going to pour something molten into is the easiest way to Think about it. Yeah. So that would be a uh, you would need a pattern if you were to picture something like you see an old blender, the Art Deco curves, mm -hmm. and all cast iron. Sometimes they were, or uh, then when they went into die casting. But as soon as you were going to build something that needed two halves to open yeah. and shut to produce a male and female half of that part, now you've got a a, a tool a, a mold or or they can be called dies also. Yeah. But then that gets a little more confusing too because most people think of dies as something that just goes up and down and stamps out widgets okay, okay sure so anyways my family kind of gravitated towards the injection molds and the die casting dies so two halves there's okay. always two halves <clears throat> so uh, my uncle ed uh he made his fortune off of uh, the parker white metal company which is now phb industries still there but uh that was the, he was best friends with those guys dick parker and uh, bob parker uh, and uh um they they built the business together and uh you know, it's I, I'm such a believer in manufacturing. Right, does so much good for a community, uh, the wealth it creates in the community. When you've got forty or fifty guys that are all making great money as a tool maker back then, right? And then the overtime, all right. And then of course the shops making great money. And then you've got uh, my uncle building Gospel Hill Golf Course. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. When I used to go up to my uncle's house as a kid, it was like going to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> golf carts everywhere. 
my uncle was he acted like Dean Martin. You know, he always had a cocktail in his hand. And I'd say, Hey Uncle Eddie, can I take one of the golf carts? Yeah, just stay off the street. So I'd go flying down number two at Gospel oh Hill, seven gosh. years old, two yeah. German shepherds chasing me, right? And then we'd always go over to the shop because they had a soda machine over there. Mm-hmm. And to this day, you know, when I walk into a, a, a mold shop, they have a certain smell because of the, the electrical discharge machines they use. Uh, takes me right there. You wow. can always, I can yeah. tell when I walk into a machine shop, and I can tell when I walk into a tool and die shop. You blindfold me, I would never miss it once. <laughs> I can tell. It's just, you know, it's just in my DNA. Yeah, it, it's funny. Um, when I'm driving down 12th Street, I'll I'll start smelling like that electrical mm-hmm. smell. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, uh, uh, something's burning under the hood. And then I, you know, I'm driving another two blocks down, and it goes away. It's mm-hmm. like you got to remember what were they doing in that building back there? What are they there? doing in that building back exactly. there? This stuff is happening still on 12th Street. So when we go to the legacy, um, uh, of a, I, this is just my family, and I'm sure a yeah. lot of people have stories like this. This is a picture that I pulled from a brochure. I, I have gifts for you today, too. Oh, good. Wonderful. I know. Isn't it amazing at our age? We still get excited when somebody says you're going to get a gift. So I've got, I've got uh, two nice gifts for you today. But anyways, this is a picture taking out, uh, taken out of a brochure of uh, the Kernertle and Dye Company from 1958. And there's a lot of significance here. I'll try to read this upside down and quickly, because, again, I know we're on the radio. Yeah. But the guy in the back, that's my dad. That's Fritz. Fritz, So okay. he's in charge of this Motley crew here, right? Uh-huh. So listen to this. This is Amos Newman. Amos Newman went on to start Tetra Tool Company. When yeah. I finished my apprenticeship at Anson Tools, I worked for Amos. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this guy, Joe Duska, uh, started Engineered Plastics. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt, uh, this is Lester Waldemarson. When I started my shop, I hired his son as my foreman. Okay? Wow. Gets better. Now, this guy's name was Sam Schember. I don't know if he's any relation to the mayor, but he taught this guy, Dick Forbes, how to run a machine called a Deckel. When I went to work for Amos, guess who taught me how to run a decal? Dick Forbes. Dick Forbes. When I started my shop, I hired Dick Forbes' kid. <laughs> All right, so there's four generations wow. right there. And finally, the, the fun picture, that is Bill Hilbert. Bill Hilbert from Pre- Red Dot. Wow. Well, pre- president PhD. of PHB Industries. He, he was wow. an apprentice under my dad. So, wow. yes, sir. So, yeah, so, you, you have royalty here. I do, <laughs> that family. And I always like to tease the Hilberts, and I love the I'm, Hilberts I'm and what sh- they've done for the— I'm going to show it to the Facebook yes. Live crew here. But yeah. what, the, uh, what the Hilberts We're, have done for the city is amazing, and that, but I always like to t- tease them. That, uh, before they were Hilberts, they were the Kerners. So. We're talking to— um, <laughs> We're talking to Phil Kerner uh, about uh, Erie as a manuf- as a maker city. Uh, what what about this concept of um, you know? Uh, yeah, we did do some things uh, in our history with raw materials, but mostly we really have made high end stuff. I mean, talk about some of the products, uh, even in the plastics mm-hmm. industry. Some of the some of the things that you would create. Well, it's interesting. If you're involved in the injection mold business in Erie, building injection molds, tool and die making injection molds. They kind of go, for the most part, two different types of shops. Yeah. You have shops that do very high-end precision work, and you'll usually find the uh, computer work. Uh, the, the, you would not like believe, the one one-thousandth of a tolerance. You know, it's or... even worse than that. It's one one-millionth. Okay, oh, wow. Uh, when, you, when you're going to stack up, and if you were to look at the plugs in the back of your monitor and your computer, yeah. you look at those 26 pins there, okay? Well, you should see the expense they put into a mold to build them. they got to be perfect. Yeah. And then you're stacking up. Every one of those things is a separate insert. And then you have to, they have to be perfect because if you stack them up there's a, and they're not right, there's a gap. Oh, okay? Yeah. So that, there's that end, which is very high end. And, and uh, a place like Triangle Tool, even, I'll, I'll name names, you know, a Plastech, yeah. they do some very accurate stuff. Then 
there's the stuff like the die casting dies. Uh, they're a little, uh, the tolerance isn't quite there, but it's a whole different type of work, too. Yeah. So, uh, and then, of course, uh, I was into toy work. Okay. That's right. You did the toys. Yes. And I did some other stuff, but I never did what we called those places that did the high end stuff sliver shops because they had made the little uh, slivers. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And different. I mean, we all use the same equipment, but their tolerances were just much, much higher and they got paid a lot more for their stuff. Sure. Okay. So um, even those guys, you know, it's been tough. I mean, I'm glad there's a few left in mm -hmm. town. But uh, but the toy guys, uh, we got beat. I mean, you know, they just, that, that yeah. was just it. And, um, that was a lot of fun building the toy molds. I mean, it was fun to go into Toys R Us and see some of the products you made. I was going to say, now, um, what era was this, Phil? I mean, are we talking Mark's toys? No, no. Um, I started my Kerner Toll and Die. Uh, the original Kerner Toll and Die, my uncle and my father both died in 1969. Okay. My aunt sold it. And in uh, 1972, it burned to the ground in 1974. Oh. Now, it's amazing. The uh, up at Gospel Hill Golf Course, which is now mm -hmm. done. But uh, if you go to Google Earth, the foundation and the floors are still up there wow. for Kern Tool and Die Company on yeah. Reese Road. So um, I always wanted to restart the family business. And I don't know what put that in me. It was just a desire for me. So I started Kern Tool and Die, the second one, in 1991. Okay. And back then... The hot company around here was Little Tykes Toys Company. Of course, yeah, Buffalo, right? No, actually, they were located in Hudson, Ohio. And oh, okay. For whatever reason, the Little Tykes Hudson. Toy Company fell in love. Fisher, didn't Fisher Price go from Buffalo? No. Yes. Okay, yes. that's when it was. Mm -hmm. I think Tonawanda maybe yeah, even Fisher right. Price. Yeah. But um, um, so Hudson, the, Ohio, Little and, Tykes. But they fell in love with Erie, Pennsylvania's molding capabilities. I bet. And with the molding comes molds that need be repaired. So they wear out. They need tuned up. Well, we don't want to ship them all the way back to Hudson. Mm -hmm. So you find local tool shops. So hey, by the way, can we quote this work for you? I mean, or you know, uh, okay. and off it went. So there was a couple shops that we did really well with Little Tykes for many, many years. And of course, Rubbermaid owned Little Tykes. Okay. And then eventually, Newell Auto, uh, Office Products bought out Rubbermaid. Okay. Which was very interesting. Mm -hmm. There's your checks coming from. Used to say Little Tykes on them. Then they said Rubbermaid on them. <laughs> then they said Newell Office Products on them. Wow. Uh, was it, but uh, in the end, uh, the, the the Bain, I think a lot of manufacturers would agree with me. We used to get our work from the engineers. Okay. okay. So an engineer at a, a, at a company, they the, the company always trusted the engineer because you don't want to skimp on your tooling. Mm -hmm. You want good tooling. So you can just put it in the press and get good parts right, right. off the bat and for years and years. They'll be tuned up, but for years and years. So they always trusted a plant engineer to hand that out. So the engineer would come over with a request for quote, and you'd sit down and look at the drawings of whatever it was, and you'd give him a bid, you know, depending on what he wanted, two cavity, four cavity, one cavity, whatever, whatever he wanted. And uh, we'd work out a deal, and he'd give me the PO. By the end of my tenure in business, that was all done by purchasing and uh, oh, purchasing managers. Okay. Okay. So and, they were pricing all over the place. And it, you know, just to the penny. Yeah, to the penny. Yeah. So all those guys were gone. Now, did, did that whole business go to China then? Yes, 90% okay. of it. I was yeah, say. yeah. And that, and that, that would have been late 90s? Um... It started uh, uh, in about 2000. It okay. started trickling, okay? And then, um, because at that time, Fisher Price, who I did a little work with, they all made their engineers spend at least six months in China. They were building plants there oh, in, wow. in the 90s. Yeah. They, they wow. saw this coming. They were ahead of the curve, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Now, this is where I could get a little uh, politically incorrect, but I used to say, you know, you go in and you see a beautiful ad for Fisher-Price toys, 
and the kids ride the, uh, the toy. I said, why is that an American kid? Why isn't it a Chinese kid? Because that's where they're building the stuff, you know? <laughs> and I always say, I think people would be shocked if we had a, a new law in this country that wherever that product came from, you've got to put a flag on the front of the box, of the packaging. Of where it came. Origin, origin. Right, country of origin. Yeah. And it's got to be 25% of the size of the face of the box. Not on the bottom, <laughs> not on the top. <laughs> Give me 15%. Can you imagine walking into a big box store and seeing nothing but red flags. Wow. I think that would I think that would probably get people's attention. Yeah, we're talking to Phil Kerner. Um, he, he is the tool and die guy and uh, want to make sure that we uh, watch our time because we're uh, we I want to I want to find out you want where, your gift. Well, well that and I, 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 <laughs> I want to make sure that we understand where um, where we're going with manufacturing because um, you know again uh, Advanced manufacturing seems to be it seems to be where where we can go. Um, you don't I don't think, for example, uh, even even with amazing companies like Bliley Electric and in Sunburst and and, and so on, we're not going to have that kind of manufacturing happen. Although there is some green shoots with the whole Internet of Things and what's happening in the in innovation corridor. Mm -hmm. What do you, what's your, what's your take on like? you know that electronics and stuff um because uh, we used to have a bit of that here uh, well, but that seems know, to all be chinese uh yeah that's now. why it's remarkable um when i was on last time not that i was remarkable but the uh, mark rosen from yeah. boards yeah mark rose yeah did they still rose just mark rose mm -hmm. what, what they're doing out there still after yes. all these years exactly and, and and for whatever reason they have not lost that market because they're so good at it yeah their r&d is just enormous and I, yeah. one of the things he said that day which was i thought was phenomenal uh, because the place i work at industrial sales and manufacturing mm -hmm. by the way I, I do have to always thank them they they, they get me out early to get up, up here <laughs> promote, right. the, promote the trade right that's right i appreciate what they do for me there but um when we go back to a place like industrial sales uh, we we take in we don't have a product per se right so we rely on contracts for people that need things machined right we never see stuff from lord I mean, okay. so remember when he said that day we don't yeah. sub anything out because yeah, they do it a it's right. either just too hard mm -hmm. or too specialized or it's secret. Yeah, right. Right. And I think eighty percent of their business is is defense. Right. So, right. Yeah. So that's not going to get shopped around. So they've got to run a very tight ship out there. But that shows manufacturing done right can still work. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about that. I know this doesn't quite answer your question, but mm -hmm. when we talk about these companies that we've lost now a lot of them we lost within what three to five years after they get bought out mm -hmm. that right. just always seems they they buy the company S to get the sales Steris is the one that really breaks your heart well i work with the guy that was in management Steris, and that's a long story and yeah. i know a lot about that story well, because that that is an industry that we created here right. in erie pennsylvania american sterilizer we made the best sterilizers Absolutely. in the world we made the best hospital mm -hmm. uh products uh and that whole yeah. plant Lock, stock, and barrel was moved to Mexico. Yeah. Whole plan. Un unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So done right, you can still manufacture stuff. I think the, what I would get most excited about if I were a younger guy, Yeah. I've got a, a apprentice that worked for me, my first apprentice ever, and his name is Scott Whitman, and he owns a little shop out in the Northeast, I believe, called uh, South Creek Toll, and he does real well, and he works by himself. Mm. He's got all these machines that in, in his, the, the shop's right behind his house. Wow. So he can go out there to his bathrobe at night, change electrodes or change tooling, whatever he needs to do. Now, that is one way that you can compete in manufacturing. Lean and mean. Modern equipment, 
the day of seeing a tool shop, I know a few are left, but with, you know, 30 guys cranking away with the handles, it's very romantic. But, uh, you know, that those, you know, the, I, I hate to use the word automation because right. here's my point. I've never, lo- I've, and I've been doing this for over 40 years. Never one time had a talented individual come up to me and say, hey, it was nice working to, with you, Phil, but, I, you know, I'm leaving today because I, I, my job was done, was going to be done by a robot. Talented people. There's, there's, there's always, always a room. job. Okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, you know, but I, the automation has taken away that that kind of that second tier, third tier. Uh, you know that 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 worker that didn't need uh, a lot of education. I mean, uh, the automation is or is you, taking you, that away. Or you could say, yeah, but the automation has given a lot of jobs to people with no talent. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry to be blunt, but I mean, but you 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 can walk into a, even a place like I work at, and mm-hmm. and if you don't want to apply yourself and you just want to show up for work and you know this is yeah. kind of your bag and you just but you can show up for work every day and make decent parts and good parts that pass inspection, they'll you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to make a ton of money. Right. If you want to get to the the high end of the trade, you you go to night school. You be I always tell when I'm teaching. You want to become an asset to your company, correct? Because they don't get rid of assets that make money for the company. Mm-hmm. So that's what I. But the main thing I try to teach new employees: be an asset. They, they, when times get tough, they don't yeah. get rid of the assets. Yeah, right? we got two minutes left. All right. where, where, where is this? Where is this going? Where, where, what is? Uh, what's our future? Well, maybe we'll discuss that in next month's segment, Joel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you got one more history? Well, lesson? no, I have your gift. Oh, my present. Okay, awesome. This is the original. I re- reproduced this uh, okay. brochure from Kerner Tool and Die in 1958. Oh, and I had one copy left, and years ago, I decided to scan it all in. Good for and, you. And, and, and saved it. So that's a, that's a, I got a map to the shop wow. on the wall. I put actually some notes on the back. Nice. In, inside, there's a old fashioned uh, map. I love this stuff. How to get there. And another thing, because I, I ended up with all this stuff because I'm the youngest, I found this uh, ancient piece of uh, a stock certificate from the current Accurate Machine Company. Oh my God. And it was pretty beat up. So I scanned it in and repaired it. And uh, my uncle Ed at Kerner Tool and Die, sometimes when you run a company, you have shadow companies or ghost companies just to allocate yeah. some equipment around. Right. So he started Kerner Accurate Machine Company. I believe my father was actually the vice president. Mm-hmm. This was like 1967. Okay. Well, anyways, I would like to present you with this. It's even got your name on Joel Natale. A hundred shares. A hundred shares of stock in the That's Kerner awesome. Accurate Machine Company. It's been signed by me as president. Nice. It's dated today. And the treasure is Heidi, my wife. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so if this doesn't get cashed properly when you go to the bank, don't call me. <laughs> call the treasurer there, Heidi, <laughs> Heidi Kerner. <laughs> that's for you. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Phil Kerner, I tell you what, um, you know, you're so passionate about this. stuff. It really rubs off, you know, as, as far as, you know, um, just having a community that is is all about moving forward and, and is all about doing things with our hands and making something, you know, leaving it a better place. And no matter where we end up with technology, guys like me on the shop floor that bring that history in a little bit mm-hmm. and, and pass that knowledge down, it's still important. I still believe that. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and bringing the young ones along. Yep. God bless you. I really appreciate I, it. I appreciate being on. Again, it was really fun.